0: So incredibly exciting. Hello, everyone who's with us online, everyone who's in the room. Again, we, this end of, of, of what, 2020, we did this huge, this crazy initiative. And we said, okay, we know it's a pandemic going on. And we know actually a lot of people have even uh, lost their jobs. A lot of individuals are struggling. We still felt on our heart that uh, that God was calling us to live a life of abundant generosity, like ridiculous generosity, that we weren't going to allow the scarcity of the time to be the thing that dictated what we did with our heart and with our money and and decided, okay, let's just go ahead and let's just take this step of faith. And without putting any pressure on anyone, because we don't do that here at all, We wanted to build a special needs playground. We wanted to provide Christmas for a bunch of kids. You can see what happened in Guatemala. So many families coming together. uh, They came with their kids, and they were able to pick out gifts for free. Uh, Hundreds of people here in Dallas, parents got to be able to come and just shop for their kids free of charge. Everything was covered. We wrapped the gifts for them, just making sure they knew that they were loved and cared for. And then your money didn't uh, just go to Dallas and Guatemala. It reached all the way over to Uganda, 600 kids there, and into Ecuador, another 600 kids uh, there. You guys went above and beyond. So we just want to say. A huge, huge thank you. And, uh, and we're never going to shy away from being a generous church. We're never going to shy away uh, that we want to take our resources and use it to help and, and make it on earth as it is in heaven. That's not something we're going to be ashamed of. We're not after people's money at all. You already know that if you've been a part of Shoreline City. But we are after making our world a much better place. And we recognize that resources are a part of making that happen. So, again, great job to all of you. We celebrate you. Give yourselves another huge round of applause. I was so proud. Hey, today we are starting a brand new series that I'm really, really excited about. And our church family has been growing in some really beautiful and significant ways during the pandemic. Uh, I know uh, in the room today, in the room, because we're, we're back uh, in the room, social distance, mask on. So hello to everybody that's in the campus here at White Rock. We love you tremendously. Uh, we've got a bunch of folks that are at home right now, too, and love you guys. So those of you with... You're snuggy right now, or with your cup of coffee, or shoot, maybe you had a hard week and you got some liquor in there. Who knows what might be going on? Who says liquor anymore anyway? That's a weird word, liquor. Uh, we just welcome you and know we love you a ton. One of our folks who's a part of uh, SC Home, uh, Jackie uh, from Chicago is actually in the room with us today. So Jackie, we're glad that you're here. Uh, but here at Shoreline City, we're, we're, we're going to celebrate whether you're in your home room or you're in this big room. Wherever you are, God can meet you exactly where you are, and he can do something significant in your life. So today, I want all of us to have our hearts open because I think God wants to meet us. And whether you're tuning in on demand or wherever you are around the world, I know we've got Eunice that uh, joined the church. She's in the Bahamas. We need to start a campus there immediately. Lord, send us. We got Liza that is in Kenya. I mean, so many folks all over the world that have literally joined our church family and are saying, this is now my community. Uh, So your your connection with those around the globe has grown exponentially. Uh, But today we're gonna start a series. Uh, It is called It is called How It Started, Let's Keep It Going. How It Started, Let's Keep It Going. Uh, Those of you who know um, this you've probably seen it on Instagram or Twitter or what-have-you You you can have that picture of this is how it was in the beginning It's how it was in the beginning and now this is what it's going to be This is what it's like now. You can see a picture of my wife and I she looks uh, Really fine right now. And then when I met her she was just as fine. So I don't know how God is doing this in her life. It's fantastic. Me, I had this weird mustache when we first met. Just, this, just a stash, okay? If I had a white van, she wouldn't have married me, right? It was just, look, it was weird. It didn't look right. Uh, so, but we weren't allowed to have a goatee at my college, believe it or not. You can only have a mustache. So I had this mustache, and now the stash is gone, honey. What do you think? Okay, good, 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 good. So as long as she loves it. So uh, that, that's how it started we want to keep it going, that's why we've been going through the Book of Acts. As a church family, we started the first of this year going through the Book of Acts. And this, uh, the Bible, is actually a, a compilation of 66 books, and, and these 66 books, all of them are pointing, really, to one major theme, and that is Jesus Christ is the Savior and the hope of the world, and the Book of Acts. Uh, is, comes right after the four Gospels. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then it goes into the Book of Acts. And the Book of Acts speaks of the birth, the beginning of the church. And I have loved reading this. I have, my heart is coming alive. I pray that you are reading it as well. If you have not started, what is it? Today is the 10th. Uh, So no matter what day you're starting on, because this video can really live on forever, I just want to encourage us to to jump into God's Word, because it's alive and it's active. And I've been seeing in my own heart, as I set aside a time every day to say, I'm going to read the Bible, I pause before I begin to read, and I say, God, would you speak to my heart? would you have some things jump off the page at me that I need for today? Would you would you remind me of some things that maybe I've forgotten? And I've been seeing so many truths jump off the scriptures, and the same thing will happen to you. But in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, we see the beginning of the church. Uh, we see how things get started off. We see the Holy Spirit filling people. We see Jesus saying, hey, you got to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Then they go to Jerusalem, and they wait. And in chapter 2, this like this amazing moment that happens. The Holy Spirit fills all of them, and you see that the church begins to grow. It begins to develop. It begins to expand, and it expands in the beginning really free from opposition. There's not a lot of resistance at all. But then in chapter 3, those of you who have been reading with us, you can see there's a, lot of, there's a lot of opposition that begins to take place. There's a lot of resistance. Uh, there's a lot of pressure this persecution that comes. So don't think it weird when you're a Christian and you experience persecution. It's been like that from the very beginning. God has been putting this in the Bible, letting us know, hey, this happens. Jesus even said, in this world, you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But their significant opposition that they experienced, it actually turned into significant growth. Did you catch that? The significant opposition turned into significant growth for the church, we might think if there's a lot of opposition, that means everything's gonna die. As a matter of fact, the exact opposite happened. Things didn't die, things got better. Things got stronger. The church got bolder. And one of my favorite verses actually in Acts, uh, this is not the scripture we're gonna be looking at today, but I I had to read it because it's one of my favorite, Acts uh, chapter 5. Uh, Acts chapter 5, verses uh, 38 and 39. This is when, uh, again, in the midst of some persecution, because really you can see a lot of persecution happening in chapters 3 through chapter 7. It it says this, uh, verse number 38. Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Talking about the disciples. Leave the disciples alone. Let them go. Because if, if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if their purpose and activity is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. I love that verse of scripture right there. If your purpose and your activity is of human origin, it will fail. If it's about you, it will fail. If it's about your kingdom, it will fail. If it's about your name, it will fail. But if your purpose and your activity is from God, if God put you on assignment, if God called you to it, if God put that destiny and that hope on the inside of you, I'm telling you, there is no demon in hell. There is no issue that goes on in our world. There is no problem that you can face that will stop what God is trying to do in your life. Because the purposes of God will not and do not fail. But that's not what we're talking about today, as much as I would love to, as much as I would love to. We're going to go to chapter 3. And in chapter 3, this is when we see things begin to turn. There is a a rhythm and a pattern that the writer in Luke uh, takes up in really chapters 3 through chapter 7. And this pattern, as you, read it, as you read it, you may see this pattern, or as our daughter calls it, a pattern. That's what she says. She's five. She says, patterin. And we're not changing it, because it's adorable every time she says it. Uh, daddy, daddy, look at this pattern. That's a pattern right there. I go, yes, it is. Come here, let me hold you. So, uh, there's a pattern that you see uh, in, in these next few chapters. It is, it is, a miracle happens. And it gets the attention of all the people. Some some type of miracle happens. In chapter three, you're about to see a lame man is about to walk. Some miracle takes place. Everyone goes, Whoa, what is going on here? Then there's a teaching that happens. Some apostle, some disciple stands up and says, Hey, this is what's going on, this is what's happening. They begin to explain to those whom their, their attention has just been grabbed, they explain to them what's taking place here. After their attention is grabbed, then you see this other pattern. You see that the, religion, the, the Jewish leaders usually are jealous. And what they do most times is they, they either lie or they persecute, they arrest the disciples. After that happens, you would think, okay, uh, this, is, this is, it's, it's over, but it's not over. Actually, what happens after that, there's some type of legal thing that happens. That somebody is brought to court. They're brought before the Sanhedrin. They're brought before the religious elite of the day, and they're, they're put on trial, and at, at that particular time, uh, you got to understand that Christianity was new. Uh, people were like, what's going on? What is this new religion? It wasn't even called Christians at that time. We were called the way. These were individuals that were part of the way. There was no, like, lay on these followers of Jesus. It was like this small little side faction, and it was growing exponentially, like, what is going on here? So after this legal battle takes place, then there's vindication. There's some type of thing that God does to release the disciples out of the prison or the problem that they find themselves in. Okay, you follow me with the pattern? The pattern, you see? This is what happens and we see it over and over and over. Now, go with me to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. If you're at home and you're drinking that coffee, you can still grab your Bible. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Acts chapter 3. I want to read a number of verses here. We're going to go from 1 to 11. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, When you're reading through the book of Acts, you see this happening over and over and over again. They're always praying. The church is always praying. That's why we're having this time throughout the year. At the beginning of the year, we're praying together. We're fasting. We're going without something to keep our focus and our attention on God. So they're going up to the, uh, going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple, the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Okay, that's a bunch of scriptures here, but bring this over here so the people in the balcony know. uh, Can you see me, people in the balcony? Hi. Okay, so. So this verses 1 through 11 is a great passage of Scripture. Uh, again, I, I've read through the whole chapter. And I want to encourage you to do the same. You can see from this passage of Scripture, you can see uh, Peter and John, they're just going to church, just going to church, and they see a guy basically on the side of the road with a sign that says, you know, uh, I can't walk, I can't, I, I'm looking for money, anything will help. You know, they, He's written the sign in his hand, he's got the cardboard sign, he's got the placard, and the, and the guy looks at him, he's like, hey, hey, give me some money, and Peter looks at him, he's like, man, we don't have any money. Anybody else feel that? <laughs> I ain't got nothing for you. You know that weird moment when you're driving and you see the person there at the stoplight and they have the sign they're looking in the car, but you don't want to look at them because you don't have anything uh, to give them, you know, the homeless person or the poor person there? And I encourage you, I encourage you with this. Peter, even though he didn't have money, he had something. And sometimes when you feel like you don't have a lot of money, you feel like you have nothing. And I just want you to know your worth and value was never in your bank account, okay? It was never connected to how much money you had. You have something even when you think you have nothing. And I so appreciate that Peter and John did not look at the amount of money that they had. Instead, they look at the presence of God that was on the inside of them. And they said, hey, I don't have money, but I've got the presence and the power of God available to you right now. And even though you're on the side of the road, you still matter to God. God. God's hand is still on your life. Even though people might be walking past you, I want you to know that God sees you for exactly who you are. And in this moment right here, a miracle takes place because Peter and John were willing not to look at what they didn't have. They were willing to look at what they did have. Can I just say to you, this is part of leadership. Anytime you're a leader, people look at you and they expect something from you. Stop thinking there's something weird or out of the ordinary where people have expectations of you. If you're a leader, like all of you are, people have expectations. I want you to understand that God has expectations of you. Your church family, those around you, whether you're sitting at home by yourself right now or you're serving online or you're in Guatemala or in some other part of the world, these people have expectations of you. You and I just don't get to live any way we want to. Once we give our hearts and our lives to Jesus, we are a part of a whole nother family and we are about building a whole other kingdom. It's not our kingdom. It's his I appreciate that the man looked at them expecting to get something from them. Shoreline City, I want you to know in the midst of all the difficulty that's going on in our world, I'm looking at you expecting to get something from you. I'm expecting to get something from you that's different than the division and the divisiveness that I see in our world. I'm expecting to get something different from you. I'm expecting to get a church that won't just complain, but a church that will pray. I'm expecting to get something from you. I'm expecting to get a church that will not just look at somebody's skin color and judge them, will instead be willing to invite them over to their house and maybe sit down at a table and have a conversation. I'm expecting you not to put all your business just on Facebook and think, hey, I did my part. Anybody can post something. It takes a whole lot more to sit in person with somebody and bear your heart and confront issues that need to be confronted. I'm talking Shoreline City. I'm expecting something from you. I'm I'm not expecting us to be like everybody else I'm not expecting us to talk like everybody else and if you have some expectations of me I'm I think that I'm glad that you do because I've got expectations of myself I'm not running from this moment we're not going to stick our head in the sand and pretend like everything is perfect in the world everything is not perfect in the world things are jacked up y'all but they've been jacked up for a long time but the church has always been called for this moment and this hour why would we run this is the moment we're supposed to be here. And some of y'all are like, okay, is he talking Republican? Is he talking Democrat? Okay, is he talking elephant? Is he talking donkey? Okay, is he talking Black Lives Matter? Or is he talking making America great again? What's he talking about here? And I'm telling you, I'm above all of that. I'm talking Jesus. I'm talking gospel. I'm talking the kingdom of heaven. I'm talking something that is eternal, not something that is temporary. And of course, we got to have conversation. And of course, I've cried some tears y'all and i've been disappointed and disheartened and frustrated yeah i've been there but i can't just stay in my feelings because i've also been called to live a life of faith and it's just a battle and if you want easy live your life for yourself but if you want to be a follower of jesus there's a cross we take up every day. And we lay down our lives, not for ourselves, but for him and this world. And it's hard. Oh, you're talking too much about this. You're not talking enough about this. Oh, you're talking. To, you're, I'm, y'all, I, I don't, I can't. Just so you know, our church is thousands of people. I'm gonna offend somebody. I don't care. Just so you know, I'm not up here doing some song and dance. So everybody's like, oh, you're going to stay at the church? You're going to stay at the church? You're going to stay at the church? Hey, friends, you want to keep jumping from church to church to church to church? Go ahead. Go ahead and do that. It's not going to be good for your spiritual growth. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's not best for your your spiritual development. I'll tell you that right now. And I'll tell you, whatever other place you go to, there's going to be problems there, too. Just wait a little while. It'll get past these problems. There'll be some other problems because there's problems everywhere. But if God called you to be a part of Shoreline City, then if he called you to be a part of this place, then you stay planted and you just keep on working through the mess. You keep working through what." But I cannot believe they posted that. I serve with them. I didn't know. Oh, they're voting for who? <sighs> Welcome to the family of God. <laughs> you know how jacked up your family is? Think about having billions of people. That's how jacked up the family of God is. That's not even in my notes. Let me keep on going here. I want to look at this man in Scripture. And I want to look at him from some different angles. I want to look at this lame man as a picture of you. And then I want to look at this lame man as a picture of the church. Then I wanna look at this lame man as a picture of the world, okay? Here are the different angles that we're going to look. We're we're, we're coming to the scriptures here. We see this story. We know all of it ultimately points to Jesus. But we're gonna look at it from from this angle here and from this angle here. Then we're gonna come over here and look at it from from another angle. It's kinda like when I first saw Nika. Looks from this angle. Thank you, Jesus. This angle, Woo, God is all over her. Look at this angle, I'm like, yes, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. So we're gonna look at it from all the different angles. It's been a minute since I've been in this building with y'all. I don't know what I'm going to say, okay? I want if that offends you, I apologize. Leave. Okay, no, let's go the lame man <laughs> as a picture of you. I want, I want you. I want you to see this. This man has been in this spot. We find out later, actually in chapter four, that he's over 40 years old. And the Bible tells us it's been since birth that he's been you know, like this. So I was thinking about you and what, what I felt God dropped in my heart for you, and for me, is that what has, what has bothered you for years has an expiration date. What has bothered you for years has an expiration date. Like, it can feel like it's forever. Over 40 years old, we don't know if he's 45, we don't know if he's 55, we don't know, but we know it's been a minute. Have any of y'all been struggling with anything, and it's been a minute, <laughs> Emotional issues, mental health issues, financial struggles. Maybe, maybe even your heart was broken. My uh, 15-year-old was uh, uh, playing a song for me uh, yesterday called Driver's License. I don't know if you've heard it. Most of y'all probably haven't. (laughs) But it's a sad song. Oh, man, it's sad. And it's about this girl and... Her boyfriend leaves her for some other girl, and but they were supposed to be, you know, driving together. And every time I drive by your street, I realize I'm driving alone. And it's like, dang. I mean, you like, this girl been through some stuff, you know. You just can feel it. And I was just thinking, man, there's a lot of people that have had broken hearts. Not just this past year, but just been... Like, you go back thinking about, man, where was my mom? Where was my dad in my life? Why did my siblings stab me in the back? Why in the world did they fire me from that job? I mean, just some some heartbreak. There's a lot of us that are with, that are in the room or online today, and you're like, yeah, I, I've got some heartbreak, and you feel like it has really dictated the course of your life. For some of you, it's made it difficult for you to even have any friendships or relationships. And I just wanted to remind you that whether it's fear or whether it's racism or whether it's doubt or whether it's mental health issues or when Whatever it might be that has bothered you for years, all of it has an expiration date. It will not last forever. And you're like, Earl, I'm, at the, I'm like 78 years old. I feel like I'm going to die with this. Please understand that even if you die from cancer, you don't carry cancer into the next life when you're a follower of Jesus. It always has an expiration date. And if you don't get the healing on this side of heaven, just so you know, when you get to the other side of heaven, you will be dancing and you'll be rejoicing and there will be no sickness in your body and you will be lame in no way whatsoever. Let me read this verse of scripture for- 1 Corinthians, because I got to get through all this stuff. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Oh man, these are some good verses right here too. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 51. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, we will not all die, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable and will be changed for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable, like our skin, our flesh, has been clothed with the imperishable, this new body that we get, and and, and the mortal ha- with immortality, then the saying that is that was that is. That is, was written, will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Stand firm, stand firm, stand firm. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That, my friends, that, 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 that's from this angle, this angle here, the layman man as you. But let, let's, go, let's go from this angle over here and look at the layman as the church. Okay, Okay. come over here. Uh, Listen to this. How close is my face? Is it close? (laughs) It's real close, okay? I didn't used to do this back in the day when we we all just were meeting in campus levels. I never did this. Why? Because everybody was in the room. But now, y'all are at home, snuggled up, chilling, Late for church? How are you going to be late and you're at home? <laughs> <laughs> happened to our family every week, too. I don't know how it happened. We just got to go up some steps. It's like, y'all, we all know 10 o'clock is 10 o'clock. But things had to change. If this man represents the church, I want you to see that this man From the time he was young, from the time he was a baby, he has not walked. And he has been used to friends putting him in the same spot by that gate every single day. He's got a system. He's got a seat at church that he always sits in. He's got a service that he always goes to. He's got a pattern a pattern. He's got a way that he goes about things. It has been this way, then that I go to I go to church, then I go to eat, and I go to eat with these friends, and then from there, I go watch football, or from there, I go get ready for the week. It's just like I have a system, I have a flow. Don't mess with my system, don't mess with my flow. Day after, day after day after day after day after day after day after day, he did the same thing. Year after year after year after year after year after year after year, he did the same thing, and now Peter and John show up, and they say, we need need to interrupt this regularly scheduled program because we got a new way that we want to do things. We don't see you sitting in that spot forever. We don't see you retreating just to the doors of the church forever. We see you being the church in the world. We see you stepping up and going to a place you never thought you could go to. And yes, my friends, things are different. But I want to encourage you that that does not mean bad. It just means a new season is on the horizon for the church. And since it's a new season, I want us to step fully into it, but it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's like, no, no, that's not how it works. That's not how we do it. No, no, it's uncomfortable. Well, I'm not wearing a mask. That's uncomfortable. Uh, No, no, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not doing that. It's uncomfortable. Why do I have to stand six feet back here? That's uncomfortable. This year, y'all, it's just been like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want. I'm with you on all of it. I feel like I've been like, (laughs) Hadn't played basketball in nine months, but since I, um, Already had COVID. I went to play the other day. (laughs) Had a good time, too. Had a good time. Playing out of shape. But I got to play some basketball. I loved it. But nine, ten months, that was my outlet. Kind of how I got my head clear. Ten months. Basketball hoops taken down off of at gyms. I had a system, I had a flow to stay healthy. My mental health matters. I got, I got to take care of me. Oh, okay, I got to figure out a new way to take care of me. I got a system. My friends pick me up at 6 in the morning. They carry me to the gate called Beautiful. They give me my little can, and then I look at people as they're going the church, because church people are nice, and I let them know, hey, you got something for me? That's what I do. I do it every day, every day, every day every day. And the church, I feel like we got into a little flow. It's like, I do this every day, every week, every week, every week, every week. And my wife, she preached one of the best messages of the pandemic, as far as I'm concerned, when she, that shift message, when she was talking about Blockbuster. Some of y'all remember Blockbuster back in the day? That's when you had VHSs. Some of y'all remember, right? You used to go there and have to look behind a little cassette there and you kind of bring it to the front uh, and then say, hey, hey, I want this movie. Like, oh, that movie's checked out. Oh, when's it coming in? Come be in by midnight. Dang on. Okay, I'll wait. Oh, well, we're going to be closed by and say, okay, I'll get it tomorrow. And then you ever have to rush and try to get to Blockbuster before it closes so you don't get those late fees? Some of y'all are still paying late fees on a Blockbuster video from years ago. Just moved enough times. Now, now they can't find you. My friends, as a church, we don't want to be Blockbuster. We're not trying to be Blockbuster. We're gonna continue to gather. We're gonna keep on doing that. We're gonna get as, as many people as we can fit in a, in a space, we're gonna fit into a space. Okay, well, I, I'm excited about that. I love doing that. But do you know, Shoreline City? Probably for the rest of the life of our church, we will have more people who are a part of our church who are never in a building than those who are in a building. It's a change that has happened. And what God has done is he says, I'm opening up the world to you. Are you just going to think about your little space or are you going to step into the world that I have for you? And I need us to keep on dreaming big and praying huge prayers. That does not mean, it's not an either or. It's a both and. It's like asking a parent, which kid do you love more? Depends on the day. But when the rubber meets the road, phew, I'll give my life for all of them. And what God has done for all of you who are at home and in neighborhoods right now, whether you're in Tennessee or you're on a whole other continent, you're in Guatemala, wherever you may be, I want you to know you're as a part of this church family, as the people who are sitting in the room right now. And we want you serving. We want you growing. We want you connected. We're not trying to be some spectator church. We're going to be a community church of people that are in this together with each other. In Luke chapter 24, verse number 5, some women had run to the, uh, to the tomb, and they were looking for Jesus, and the angel says, why do you look for the living among the dead? Um, okay. Okay. If you want to keep just fighting for everything to be exactly the way it was before, my friends, the day has changed, but there are some things that haven't changed. This gospel we preach, it ain't changing. The inerrant, infallible word of God, it ain't changing. Our passion to make it on earth as it is in heaven, it ain't changing. Our our willingness to love everybody no matter where they're from, no matter their background, no matter what they believe, no matter what they look like, it's not changing. Our our desire to make sure every person does not just become a spectator but becomes an owner of the vision, that's not changing. Our our, our desire and our dream to make sure we're not trying to create a bunch of followers of Earl or followers of Shoreline but trying to make followers of Jesus Christ, my friends, that's not changing. We're trying to raise up Christ-like leaders who make it on Earth as it is in heaven. We see you growing. We see you developing. We see you becoming all that God has destined for you to be every ounce of potential and purpose that he put on the inside of you. We want to see that realized so you die empty and you pour out everything God calls you to pour out. Last, certainly not least, and I'm going to be all done here, is if we got the angle of the lame man being you and the lame man being the church and he's got to be willing to get up change, then let's look at this last angle of the lame man being the world. Okay, if the lame man is the world, I want, I want you to see this in Acts chapter three. I, I, I wanna, I'm gonna read these couple of verses, verse number two. Now, a man who was lame from birth, he was being carried To the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who went in. He's lame from birth, he's carried, and he's put. So I want you to see this has been his mode from the time he was a kid. All he has ever known is lame. All he has ever known is I'm carried. All he has ever known is I need someone else to put me there. That's all he's ever known. So now when you get to verse number six, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Watch this in verse seven taking him by the right hand he helped him up he says to him walk but then he takes him by the hand and helps him up why does he have to help him up the man has never walked before now when you have walked your whole life or you've been walking for a few years It's easy to look at somebody else and go, why are they having a hard time walking? But you forgot when you used to be sitting there at the gate and people had to just put you and carry you. So now it's easy for the church to judge those who can't walk because we forgot when we couldn't walk. That's not going to be the type of church we are. We're going to be the type of church that remembers what it was like when somebody had to put us at the gate and we were just begging and we were just searching and we were going after all sorts of things after sex or power or money or fame or all these things and little did we know that Jesus was actually the hope of our lives and that was the one that was going to make everything right and put everything straight in our souls but we are looking at all these temporary things my friends, the world is broken the world is lame on the side of the road and you and I preach the message of Jesus Christ, and we are the ones that help them up. I'm out of bands here, and I'm, 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 give give me two minutes. I'm going to be done. Two minutes. Each, whether it's you, the church, or the world, each one of these, some things are in common. Each one was broken without Jesus. Broken without Jesus. Each one had expectations of one thing when God has dreams of a better thing. Each one, they could only stand by the power of Jesus. Each one was actually continuing to walk and continuing to stand. This is really important here. Not in their own power, but by holding on to the apostles' teaching, which is the gospel. That's why you see in verse 11, you see when Peter and John are speaking, that the man is holding on to them. He's leaning on them. And last but certainly not least, you see in each of these, that they can be changed. You can be changed, the church can be changed, and the world can be changed. And it's not our name and our story, it's the name of Jesus Christ. My last passage of scripture, I just had to read when Peter began to teach everybody. Verse 12, when Peter saw this, he said to them, when he saw the people running, he said, fellow Israelites, Why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You kill the author of life but God raised him from the dead we are witnesses of this by faith in the name of Jesus this man whom you see and know was made strong it is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can see there is the truth Of the gospel and that's what you and I are standing on can you guys give God praise today for his word his truth and the finished work of Jesus Christ I'm gonna ask everyone who's under the sound of my voice do me a favor bow your head just for a moment if you're under the sound of my voice right now and you're honest with yourself you would say you're not right now you're not a follower of Jesus or or you would say, 2020 caused me to drift so much in my walk with God. I want to rededicate my life to serving Jesus. I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go His way. I don't want to be first. I want Him to be first. I don't want to be in charge of my life. I want Jesus Christ to be in charge of my life. I want, to, I want the forgiveness of sins. I want to turn and not go my own direction. I want to go His Direction. If that's you, you're under the sound of my voice. You've never given your heart and your life to Christ, or at one point in time you did and you slipped away. And today, on the count of three, whether you're sitting at home or you're in a room, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to respond to the grace of God on the count of three. I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, "Yes, that's me." I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand in the air. You're saying, "Yes, that's me." I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to make Him first. Come on! I got friends all in the room. I know I got friends at home as well. Individuals saying, "I don't want to go my own way." Anymore. Or I want to go his way. This is a moment of transformation, a moment of a brand new start. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart right now, every person. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we lift our heads up at every location, every home, every neighborhood? We celebrate what God is doing.